The post-race podcast is brought to you by Samtech, the school of automotive machinists and technology. Accelerate your career as a high-performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience in the lab, on the dyno, and at the track. Samtech graduates work for performance race shops, parts manufacturers, professional race teams, and some start their own engine building shops or parts manufacturer companies. Samtech graduates are hired by the best in the performance racing industry, whether that's on championship teams in NASCAR, NHRA, or IndyCar. For more information to start your education at full speed, go to samtech.edu today. Yes, that's right, everybody. Welcome back to another post-race edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, sitting in my very fancy rental car studio in the Talladega parking lot, joined by special guest Alan Cavana from Fox Sports. Alan, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Thankful to be here and always fun to see Junior win in Talladega. (laughs) Oh, God. You're start, you're starting off as if you haven't made junior fans mad enough already with all your whelp last time tweets. You're you're throwing some junior shade already here. Not shade. It was just you know funny. You know the junior did win in Talladega, and I did it with a wink face on tw- a wink emoji. You know, no congrats to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And I'm sorry for all the whelp tweets, but you know. It, I hope you acknowledge that I'm acknowledging the absurdity of it all by contributing to it. I, I, I know these tweets are absurd. I, I'm not really trying to document the last of everything just to make you mad. It's just for absurdity's sake, and apparently it's working. And if you haven't seen this on his Twitter account, Copacavana, Alan has been saying stuff like, well, it's the last time that Dale Jr. will ever roll out for qualifying in the Talladega Spring Race on a Friday or Saturday or something, something like that, you know. As obscure as po- I try to be as detailed and as, ob- as obscure as possible, again, to add to the absurdity of it all. So I, I hope you're catching that out there. I love people all. are getting mad, though. I, I know. I, I People are getting very angry, which only makes me, you know, retweet them and, you know, wave goodbye or say they're blocking me. I, You know, there, there's been a few people that uh, I've followed me for a long time and said they were going to block me. So, And then they tweeted at me again. I was like, I thought you blocked me. And so I think they really did block me this time. Have you lost any followers, you think? Uh, I don't keep track too much, but I think net overall, I have definitely gained more because um, my buddies who do the Fox social account, they have caught on. They enjoy it, so they retweeted it. And I think there's been more lovers than haters. That's what I'll say. Okay. Well, a different junior ends up winning. Um, And really what was interesting so far, and this is still the aftermath of of the race, the sun is still up as we're recording this. It's not... Probably uh, only an hour has passed or something since the checkered flag, if that. But um, Kyle Busch couldn't really exactly explain how it happened. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. couldn't exactly explain how it happened. Um, it seemed to me that uh, a run was coming, and Kyle Busch, uh, or Ricky Stenhouse Jr. pulled up to block that run on the outside. Kyle Busch sees that, pulled up to block Stenhouse's run, but instead of being able to get pushed, Stenhouse hit him and then pulled to the left and kind of snookered Kyle Busch, was then able to get away, and then McMurray shoots up the, through the middle, and Kyle Busch has to deal with the other guys who are battling for the win instead of being able to really go chase down Stenhouse. Is that about what you saw? 
A little bit. I haven't seen too many replays yet. I was over in Victory Lane and, and talking with all those guys, but it, it seemed like that block, like you said, really changed everything because Ricky did make that left. And, you know, all these races come down to moves that, you know, you, you got to look back and maybe a full lap to see all the moves that come. The 48 really helped the 17, and he could have, you know, either held back even more, maybe tried to help the 5. You know, a lot of stuff could have gone on, but uh, 17 got a lot of help from the 48 to even be in that position. And then whatever that run, I heard Kyle Busch, yeah, trying to explain it. You would think getting hit from behind would, you know, eject him forward, and it really didn't. Um, so, so what can you do if you're Kyle Busch? I don't think he really, I don't know if he lost that race. Did, did, he, did he do anything to lose that race? I don't know. It just seemed to be Stenhouse's day. Yeah, Kyle didn't seem too mad afterwards. It didn't seem like he was really second-guessing himself that much. It was more like a what-can-you-do kind of thing. So I think I think you're probably right in that in that respect where he was sort of like, uh, I mean, he did everything he could, you know what I mean? I just want to say we've heard a lot of good cheers in this sport over the years. There's nothing more louder than a Dale Jr. win, say, at a plate track or when he takes the lead. Second best to that, not best, but second only to that, I think, was when Kyle Busch lost the lead and that it was clear that he wasn't going to win. That's the second loudest I've probably ever heard a track. So I know there are a lot of Kyle haters out there, unfortunately for the Kyle Busch fans, but I'm just going calling it like I see it. The second loudest I've ever heard the crowd cheer was when he lost that race, unfortunately. Well, I mean, I was listening in, in pre-race introductions, and for sure the two loudest uh, booed drivers were Logano and Kyle Busch, more than Keselowski. So, um, yes, no love for Kyle Busch here at Talladega, and it's it's always something when you can hear the uh, cheers of the crowd over the noise of the engines, you know? Oh, absolutely. That's what's great about Talladega. I tell people there's no more NASCAR spot than Talladega, especially, uh, you know, when Junior's out there in the lead, and uh, that, that'll certainly be missed uh, next time. But, you know, maybe, you know, we've all been talking about, I think even Nate Ryan brought it up, our friend, that a lot of people left Ricky Stenhouse Jr. off the list of the up-and-comers or who could be next. I mean, Ricky's got that southern twang. He's got the cowboy hat. He's got the whole rodeo deal. He's got the dirt background, the real racer mentality that everyone seems to love. Uh, put him on that list. And, you know, Ricky clapped back on Twitter and said, you know, you're damn right or something, whatever he said, that he acknowledged that a lot of people weren't acknowledging him. Um, I think he's, he's got that appeal to the masses, or at least he could. See, i got to disagree with you here, Alan. And I know that, you know, he, he seemed slighted um, on Twitter, like when, when going back and forth uh, with Eric Jones about the guys who hadn't been mentioned in this conversation. You know, they're not getting thrown around with Larson, Chase Elliott, Blaney. But here's the thing. I mean, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is 29 years old. He's made um, 157 starts or something like that and hadn't won until today. Um, and he had only had, you know, nine top five finishes in his career until Talladega. So, you know, you, you could say, oh, well, geez, you're, you're overlooking this guy. But, I mean, when you have similar stats to like a Paul Menard type, I mean, how do you really sell that as the next, you know, hey, get behind this guy, everybody. He's been around for X amount of years, but you know, he hasn't really done anything. That's that's my thought. I'll agree on the, the PR aspect of it, but look what equipment's done for him. I mean, Roush Racing as a whole has just stepped it up this year from where they were. I mean, they're, they're not contending every single week, but they're not running 15th to 18th every week. I mean, they're competing for that 7 to 12 spot, you know, speed-wise, you would say. And with that comes potential for days like this. And, you know, with more, he, he's doing the best with better equipment, and we've seen that improvement. So that tells us, I don't think it's all been driver in terms of the poor results the last however long his career's been. Somewhat surprising that his first win in the Cup Series comes on a day when 
in the early part of the race, he sort of looked like a menace out there. <laughs> he he was leading early. He started from the pole, and then he cuts up in line because he was trying to get debris off his grill. So he kind of you know goes to the middle. He cuts up in line, and uh, it, it ends up, I think, Kyle Larson gets in the wall sort of because of that. And so that was like one thing. And then um, later in the race, I think he got into the back of Blaney. Um, there Now, Blaney was trying to avoid Greg Galding, sort of a slower car, and, and he couldn't cut down, but Stenhouse basically ran him over. Um, so it's sort of like, oh, you know, people on Twitter, I, I noticed, were saying, oh, Ricky, you know, he always, he's always causing trouble. He he won the race. It's kind of crazy that that happened today. Aggression, you know, they, they always say you make your own luck or you seem to get lucky when you're running good. Look, everything has improved over at Roush, including, let's say, their luck. When, you know, when things are bad, things go terrible, it seems, for teams. Remember last week at Richmond, hits the wall. What's he end up with? Top five. This week he gets into all the trouble, but they have speed. They bounce back. When things are going good, things are going good. A lot of ha- that has to do with the work they've been doing. You, you have to assume, right? That's right. And, you know, my first instinct um, was, oh, wow, you know, a guy who's probably not going to be up there in points has won a race, and so that'll change the standings because now 16th won't be able to get on points. or You know what I mean? But, no, I mean, he has been up there pretty much all year um, in in the top 16. He's 12th right now in points, and he has a very comfortable lead. So it's unlikely he's going to fall out uh, of the top 16 um, anytime soon, at least the way they're running. I mean, and I, I remember I talked to him uh, Martinsville this year. He, he stood on his car window after he got like a, a top five finish, I think, or a top 10 or something. Um, I can't remember what he was celebrating, but he, he like did a mock celebration. And, you know, I was like, wow, this is, you know, big for you is this have momentum and he was was trying to argue like no we actually have been running pretty well at you know even mile and a half tracks this year and so people had been talking about how well he ran at short tracks but overall their program is definitely better I mean uh, Trevor Bain would even be in the playoffs right now if it started today so definitely you got to hand it to Roush because they were sort of left for dead Absolutely. I mean, they went. They used to have five cars. Remember, they had five cars in the playoff, and now they only have two. And you think, I mean, they're just contracting into, into nothing. But what they've done, they you know, they talk about culture, whatever. I don't, you know, you know, it's hard to know what exactly what that means. But you bring new people in. You bring new people in, and it's made a difference. Uh, and you look at the points. Dale Jr. took another hit. And you just wonder, you know, with a new winner who's kind of guaranteed their spot, even though he's been running good, Ricky and, and even Trevor. But, I mean, the more kind of winners you have the more at large spots you don't have and i guess what i'm getting at is you know if dale jr doesn't start getting more uh consistent with better finishes it's going to come down to just winner in i don't know if we're there yet but well no i think we are i mean if you look at it um dale jr just talking about stenhouse dale jr is almost 100 points behind stenhouse that's That's crazy already i mean this is only what 10 races into the season yep that's a yeah that it's definitely time to worry so and we, I mean, we were on Richmond. We were talking to him Richmond last week, Dale yeah. Jr. on pit road, and he said, you know, "Not that he's looking at points. If he's not, we shouldn't either." He was all about getting that win. But you know, this is one of those bullets they had here today, and they didn't come 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 true today. I'll tell you what, he was really down after the race on uh, pit road. Yeah, I saw, yeah. He was a lot of people were talking to him. What did he say? Uh, he was just down. I mean, he was kind of giving short answers. Just seemed really blue, really disappointed. Um, just. Uh, I mean, he just he just did not seem like his his cheerful self. This this one I think I think really bothered him. He also felt bad that um, his team I think sort of screwed up or, or or something, and he felt bad for them that they were feeling bad. Typical Dale Jr. feeling bad for other people, but 
just it was just a down day for him all all the way around and and you know I I don't think let me look at my sheet real quick he did not lead a lap did he today no he he led no laps here at Talladega yeah he was close for a while you know he started on the front row and he I guess he just never beat anyone to the line he was definitely on that close to doing it but in running up front but uh, the, the, whatever problem he had that led, led to that loose wheel, it sounded like he was having that throughout the day because he radioed something about that when it finally did go off and they finally fixed it. He mentioned something about that's what it's been feeling like all day because he was never a dominant car by any means. Yeah, and I got some tweets from people at that point saying he's been asking his team to put four tires on all day because he keeps saying there's something wrong and apparently they weren't getting it. And, and at the end there, they say there's only one lug nut tight on his car and he was running at full speed before that red flag so that could have been really bad you know absolutely he was right and that you know dale jr nation is a strong <laughs> opinionated nation who sometimes turns on uh greg ives and crew so i don't know if this is gonna help <laughs> well i mean to you uh, and i don't know whether what if, if it was a mistake or a mechanical thing or what it was but you have to realize that this guy has a history of concussions and you don't want to send him out there unless he's you've, you've got to make sure everything is really buttoned up tight with wheels and tires and things like that. You know, there's no way they knew that that was going to happen. I mean, maybe maybe just that communication, the inference they should have. I don't know. You know, 2020 hindsight. Could they have read in more to, hey, let's get four tires? Maybe. Maybe he could have described it as, look, I'm, this is not a suggestion. This is a, this is a must-do. You know, th that's 2020 hindsight. There's no way they would have sent him out there thinking, uh, you know, just in case. You never, you know what I mean? Let's uh, just, before we wrap up on, on the Ricky Stenhouse Jr. part of this, what uh, stat from this weekend um, surprised you the most about him or, or, or uh, accomplishment, I guess? Um, number one. Uh, he wins from the pole. Number two, he is now in the clash. Number three, he's now in the all-star race. Or number four, he's now in the playoffs. Which one of those is like, wow. Uh, the playoff. He's never been in there, and it changes your season. I know they have stage points now, but you're still guaranteed a spot, even if you never have another stage win again. You're still in it. You're guaranteed one of the 16. That still means a lot. So who knows? I mean, look, again, they're not running first to fifth speed you know, 7th to 12th, 13th speed is safe, but you never know what gains they can make. You never know. That That's what impresses me the most. Yeah, and you can do something with, with uh, just any playoff berth. I mean, if you can do something with top 15 speed, you can make it a couple rounds for sure, and then you never know. Um, Talladega is is uh, later in the chase. He could come to Talladega. I mean, they did have a fast speedway car all weekend. It wasn't a total fluke-type thing. I mean, they had a fast car, and he, he was able to accomplish something. I mean, even Kyle Busch said about that move oh you know pretty impressive so and we need more speed to kind of catch the roush guys and obviously you have if you have a pole you have a fast car so um yeah i mean it's wow you gotta you gotta really look at them all of a sudden um let's talk about uh jamie mcmurray's move there at the end came up through the middle uh Wow, that was that surprise you? Yeah, of course. I mean, we know he has skill. I don't know exactly what the. I don't know if you heard him. If you mentioned it, what where that came from? If that is a result of you know visually of the other two cars slowing down and them having some sort of run. But look, we've seen Jamie McMurray do this before, so I, I wasn't that surprised that he was able to do it. But again, I don't think did he lead any laps today? No. He did not. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he was right there. So we've come to expect that. We know his skill, but I mean, it was awesome to see what how these cars can manipulate and move the air and all that stuff and, and just do things like that if they haven't done it all day. Eric Almirola gets a fourth-place finish after winning the Xfinity race. Ford. Another four. I mean, oh, look, yeah. Ford's 
They're back, man. It's crazy. Maybe, maybe. Um, Casey Kane gets a much-needed top five. Where is he in points now? Let's see. Casey is 18th in points. So, you know, right there, what is he, 223, nine points behind Trevor Bain. And six. Wow, he's in contention all of a sudden. Yeah, surprisingly. We just haven't mentioned him a lot. Right. And so he's been consistently, I guess, what, you know, 15th to 21st is what that tells you when you look at it. He needs more uh, stage points. I don't know if he got any today, but coming in, I think he only had one. Yes, and he did pick eight eight stage points up today in the in the last stage. Um, Kurt Busch, uh, the Daytona 500 winner, ends up sixth. Always a threat on plate tracks. Brad Keselowski gets a seventh place finish after he was in that he was in the big one, yeah. and then he started way back and he somehow he beat Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was the one right there you thought was going to win, and then somehow. Yeah, I was surprised when I looked at the scoring pile on after the race and saw Jimmy Johnson so far down. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how either because, uh, yeah, he was right there second making a push. He he was one responsible in some ways for getting Stenhouse uh, to a, a big push, I think, um, early on that restart. Then Menard finishes ninth. David Reagan, who's won at Talladega before, uh, finishes top ten. Yep, another Ford. Uh, he had great – we interviewed him for Fox um, and Race Hub after the race. A lot of good things to say just about Ricky and, and Jack Roush, obviously, who he used to race with. And uh, that, that was a cool part, being in victory lane and talking to some of those guys that have been with Roush. One guy said his last win was 2005 with Dale Jarrett. And 12 years later, I know that wasn't a Roush win, but still, I mean, that's how long some of these guys have been waiting, and uh, that's pretty cool. And Roush uh, hadn't been to Victory Lane since 2014 with um, Carl Edwards at Sonoma, I believe. Yeah, another, it's like another RCR sort of deal where they've been waiting ever since a big change happened. Harvick and then waiting on this win, and they got Newman this year. Great point. Two, both this year, they, they, those streaks were snapped. Yeah, two RCR. The thing about RCR and Roush Fenway in the playoff right now, Joe Gibbs not necessarily in the playoff right now. Yeah, they have uh, two more. Those teams have combined for two more wins than Joe Gibbs Racing has this year. What? Would not have expected that coming into 2017. That is so weird. Um, before we uh, move on too much more, let's talk about um, the big one that we did get to see. Now, um, A.J. Allmendinger says, no, hey, uh, I had a run. Chase Elliott was moving down. He left the door open, and then he changed his mind, and that's how that happened. Uh, is that how you saw it? I, I'd have to see more replays. That That is not how I really interpret it. I mean, there was just screenshots of him, you know, getting in the left side of Chase's bumper. I just thought it was one of those deals where AJ had too much steam, you know, coming down the backstretch. Um, so I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't heard that explanation, but Chase wasn't mad. I mean, they talked, they, they smiled at each other. Um, but you know, they were both nearly on their lids. Uh, it was scary looking, but you know, I had not heard that. Look, if I'm going to place blame, which no one really did, but you know, it's just one of those deals, but I would say, you know, AJ started it. I thought, I don't know. That's just what I thought. I guess that's a fact. I believe, (laughs) um, yes, I, I I do think that, um, AJ had sort of an ill-timed, um, uh, bump draft. I don't know what you'd call it there, but it, it just didn't go very well. Uh, and, you know, he's he was running third at the time, and he hates Talladega. And I think he was sort of like, "Hey, I could get the lead. I can, you know, I can make a move here." And, and I, I think he was just getting a little bit over aggressive. Yeah, I mean, it's one. Look, we see it when you have a run, you, you try to get past the car in front of you, and and if you just time, if it's a millisecond of mistiming, 
I think that's what it was. I mean, that was my interpretation. A.J. Allmendinger, depending on when you hear this, will be on Race Hub Monday night, scheduled to be on Race Hub to break it all down. Uh, we'll see what he says then and maybe give us a clearer picture. So uh, he, he's our hub buddy. I don't want to get him on my bad side, but I mean, cl- clearly his context started the deal. Yes, and he said that uh, his prevailing thought, Alan, when hanging upside down was, get me the hell back flipped over because he saw fluids you know, oh, yeah. leaking, and he's like, uh, I hope this doesn't catch on fire, you know? And uh, you, there's no easy way to do that quickly. I, really, I mean, I don't have that much uh, experience doing that, but, you know, you got to be careful. You can't just roll over and have AJ in there flinging around, but that's got to be scary. I mean, he slid. It's got to be for 100 yards more, like, on his door. I mean, there, there was probably sparks, and that's got to be scary as hell, man. And, yeah, fluids, you don't know if that's fuel or what, um, but, you know, I said on Twitter afterwards, you know, all the damage that that cockpit was still so intact, which is so great to see. Alan, uh, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but um, what will you be voting in my was it a good race poll? Uh, Was this a good race? Uh, Yes, it was a good race. Um, Good and good clean end. I think. Well, I mean, there was a crap. I mean, the last caution was just a big debris car it was a you know landon castle's car i guess was the debris the debris unfortunately i saw him he was in victory lane too you know congratulating everybody i said sorry man um but you know good race good clean racing at the end a good clean win you know it wasn't a big crash you know where it's 17 cars crashing and then you know the caution light comes out and it ends it was a nice good racing pass and it's a talladega so there was that one big one but even after that there was no finger pointing there was no no one was really mad it was clean and Good racing for most of the day, so I say yes. Good race. Now, what do you think? I, I agree. It was definitely it was a good race, um, and and I you know I have a hard time with restrictor play races sometimes, but it was a good race. Um, what do you think the percentage in the poll is going to be? Um, now, no pressure, but Kelly Kelly Crandall um, got this within one percent on the uh, Richmond podcast. So, uh, what do you? Th- what, what's your projection of how many people will say yes, this was a good race, and um, how many people will say no? I'll go with seventy-four percent saying good race. I haven't studied any of their numbers, <laughs> so you looked at me like that was an absurd guess. So I apologize in advance. I think you're. I think you're probably going to be wanting to go a little bit higher. I think. Higher. I think yes. Oh, good, good. I thought you were just a lot of people were going to be curmudgeony and just say no. So higher, then I'll say eighty-six uh, percent. Okay. That's no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You know, um, Alan, I think the fact that, uh, as you noted, people enjoyed seeing Kyle Busch lose a race. They enjoyed the first time winner. They got their big one. They got an exciting uh, finish and mostly exciting race. So I think that 82 percent of people are going to say that they liked it. Okay. Okay. So highest without going over or something like that. We'll see who wins. Well, we don't. I don't play prices right rules. Just closest. Okay. What do you got? Non-racing. Jeff Gluck deserves public props. I got married six weeks ago, and the only reason I ate that night is because Mr. Gluck, the man to my left in his rental car, was nice enough to gather a plate for me and almost force me to sit down and eat because it was the only time I sat down and certainly the only time I ate that night. So public props to Jeff Gluck because I would not have eaten at my wedding without you. I think you would have actually. I I was just trying to be proactive because I I remember getting a lot of wedding advice from people that oh you got to make sure you eat because you're going to be so busy talking to people. So I saw you talking to people and making the rounds and other people were eating. You were talking to them as they're eating, but you weren't. So I I just figured you know you need to eat. But you know congratulations on your uh, 
on your marriage and, and your lovely bride was out here uh, last week to check things out, uh, watch you watch you at work. Was she impressed? Uh, yeah, she was. You know, she'd been to the racetrack before we met in Charlotte, so she'd been to Charlotte plenty of times. But, you know, it's one of those things, man. If, you know, I love NASCAR, so I- I'm glad she's been able to embrace it. You know, anybody out there who gets married, you got to have some commonality or at least respect for the other person's uh um, you know, loves or what what have you in job. And so she's now, she's been to Sonoma, Texas, Charlotte, and Richmond. So that's not bad. Four tracks she's been to. Alan, we're going to need a hashtag for this episode. Welp, it's um, over. <laughs> Welp, <laughs> Welp, it's over. Uh, we can, we can do something with Welp, uh, because of, Welp. since you're, you're on, um, how about, uh, <laughs> how about this? Hashtag Welp Junior Jr. Uh, you don't need to spell out the whole junior one. Welp, hashtag Welp Junior One. W O N. Welp J R W O N. Oh man, people are going to be really angry. Yes, people are going to see that twi- that ha- Twitter hashtag. They're going to tag your name in it, Copacavana. <laughs> oh man, you're going to get so many tweets. Well, Junior One, um, Ricky Stenhouse Junior. Congratulations again, Junior Nation. This is. We're just having some fun here. Um, even Dale Jr. doesn't even hate it that much. So, But if people start seeing this hashtag, they're going to ask questions. How do you know Dale Jr. doesn't hate it? Uh, I've had a quick conversation with him and, you know, he's liked it. I saw, you know, he's liked the first one anyway (laughs) on Twitter. I think he liked the first one. Um, I've been close enough to, to ask like, Hey man, do you hate this? Or, (laughs) and, uh, he, I don't think he hates it that much. One one more thing before we go. Alan, didn't, weren't you supposed to interview Dale Jr. on the, on the pre-race, uh, Fox show today. What happened? Uh, quick, well, quick behind the scenes. Like at the end of race day, every day we do this thing called uh, the lightning round. You know, all the all the drivers. You know, we, we interview a lot of drivers during the show, but right at the end or at the stage, they're all there. So we get the ones we hadn't caught up with. But it's right at the end of the show, and TV works on deadlines, man. So when you're out, when you're done, you got to be done. So it was me and Kenny Wallace. They said get two people lined up. And I only had Kevin Harvick on my side. Kenny Wallace went first. I think he had Jimmy Johnson. Then it ping-pongs over to me with Kevin Harvick. Then it ping-ponged back over to him with Danica Patrick. And he was making great TV with her. And in that time, I had line, I was like, Dale, Dale like, will you do it? Like, I was, you know, as big of an athlete, superstar as he is, he was kind enough to come over and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. You know, it was about to it was about to happen. But, you know, just television. The time ran out. Kenny and Danica were making great TV. And time they had to throw it back to the studio. <laughs> So I was there already, and they're like, they're going back to John, John Roberts in the studio. And I had to go, Dale, you didn't make it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What did he say? Uh, yeah, he, again, he just laughed. He, like, he's an affable, fun guy. And uh, I apologized again after the show, was, and he's just, he laughed it off. He understood. And uh, I don't know. I don't think he's ever really heard that much. First time I certainly ever said it was like, Dale, you didn't make the show. Sorry, you didn't make the cut today. Uh, power of television. Yes. Well, that's that's pretty funny. Alan, thanks for joining us, and I appreciate you uh, wanting to do the podcast. Um, and people can find you uh, where uh, on Copacavana. Do you have a Facebook page too? They can go on or what? Facebook.com slash Copacavana at Copacavana, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and of course, watch Race Hub every night, 6 p.m. Eastern. Such loyal fans. The ratings are, are great. I see you tweet about that. A lot of people watching this year. Absolutely, and it's just it's just awesome. It's just a reflection of all the the hard work that goes on. It really is a good team that we work with, and the producers that come up with the the fun stuff to do, like wrapping Matt 
Benedetto and a, like a burrito and all that stuff. Like we have great producers, great thinkers. We have a good mix of news and entertainment, I think. And, and the fans really, really respond. And I can't thank them enough. Well, uh, the next time I will talk to you, uh, I have a 12 questions coming up with Daniel Hemrick on Wednesday. And then, Alan, you'll like this, a social spotlight interview on Thursday with Jim Utter talking about why he blocks people on Twitter. The original. The Oh, man. I, I could... Man, I got some opinions. Can you take anonymous opinions and just include them in the article and don't pretend they're for me? No, <laughs> no. But we we actually had a great conversation, and I asked him, you know, straight up why why uh, he blocks so many people, and and um, he we talked about lighthouse photos and everything. And I mean, I think it was I think people will find it very insightful, and and I I'm uh, I was glad that he did the interview. So we'll see. I applaud you for doing. That's an, actually a great really uh original and smart idea and i'm immediately interested i i want to hear it so it's good that's good all right we'll tune in thursday i want to say one more thing uh just congrats to you man you took a big leap of faith you took a big step in your career and again you deserve as many public props as possible i know i think you've made it possible for other people to think that it's possible which is a big big thing in life and uh in your career and i hope uh it continues to be successful well, that's very nice of you to say. Here's the uh, twenty dollar bill that I owe you for that. And uh, I I'm pre- a patron. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I, I, I Come on, man. Etiquette. I don't know the etiquette. Like, what is what is the etiquette? I, I apologize by coming out by outing myself as not a patron. I don't know the etiquette. It's, I'm being real. I don't. Know. Your, your support and friendship is more than enough. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate you. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. <laughs>